Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Well, hello everyone. This is Suzanne Knabenikol with Police Science Snippets number 53. I run the website Police Science Doctor, which is policesciencedr.com. And basically what I do is I turn academic research in the fields of policing, forensic psychology, investigative psychology, anything law enforcement related, and I turn it into something that practitioners can actually use. So this is for any police, law enforcement, military, intelligence, anything related to that. So I take findings and turn them into the snippets that you're going to see here in a minute. I'm going So I extract three golden nuggets of information every week that I think are immediately actionable or practical or good to think about or good to use in some way by practitioners. I email them out to the people on the Police Science Doctor email list, along with the links to the original research. They can do the reading themselves. And then I also come and talk about it live for anyone who actually wants me to put them into context and talk a little bit more about them and people who are maybe not on the Police Science Doctor email yet. But why wouldn't you be? It's a free service. Um, I send an email out every Tuesday with these police science snippets and you can build up yourself, you can build yourself up a library of PDFs and you'll have everything ready to hand. So just go to policesciencedr.com and put your email address and your name into the registration box that you will find either on the bottom of the page or that will pop up and you'll be on the list and then you get all these goodies sent to you. Okay. I don't spam anyone. The other thing I do is I do interviews of experts and I stream them live on these platforms as well. So you can get their knowledge firsthand. I also have a podcast. So everything I publish is published as a podcast as well. And there's some lead teaching videos that I've put together. And also there's um, the Police Science Doctor Academy on which subject matter experts have courses on their specific topic of expertise that you can then take online no matter where you are in the world. Okay, so go and have a look, policesciencedoctor.com. Just go to Google and um, type in police science and police science doctor will come up on the first page now. So the three golden nuggets I extracted from recently published research this week. Uh, the first one is about prison sanctions and recidivism. Um, as the number of prison sanctions, such as removal of privileges and restrictions of movement, increase, so does the risk of recidivism following release. Okay, so the more punishments the prisoner has whilst they're being incarcerated, so, you know, the privileges of hanging out in specific areas are taken away or watching TV, whatever the privileges may be. If they get punished for something that they have done, um, that has an impact on how likely they are to, um, to reoffend once they're released from prison. And this effect was even stronger when the sanctions that they experienced, so the punishments, were closer to their release date. Okay, so this is just... Um, I mean, what do you do with that information? Either you think, okay, shouldn't we punish prisoners for, for what they've been doing or should we try and you know prevent their, their offending in prison because that we know that has an impact on, on the offending outside of prison? Or is it just a correlation? You know, so I think this article was only able to establish a correlation that could be interesting as well. You know, is, is one maybe not actually causing the other or is it, you know, what we're doing with information? But the article is there for you to read. The link is in the email that, I, um, that I've sent out and hopefully that will be of interest to anyone who works in the prison system or anyone who works in within criminal justice and maybe in probation. The second article I'd like to talk you to tell you about today is about officer gender and critical situations and use of force. Female officers are more likely than their male counterparts to diffuse tense situations 
without the use of force or excessive force, possibly because compared to men, women are more likely to possess superior social, social and communication skills. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, you know, but hey, it's it's the research that's quoted, quoted in there. So this is actually taken together from two different studies, but they're both referenced in that study that I'm linking to there. Um, so, you know, female officers tend to be better at defusing situations, whereas men are possibly more likely to to to, to sort of match the, the the emotional state that the perpetrator might be at at the time and perhaps antagonize it a bit. Um, from personal experience, I can only bring up the example that I was um, when I was studying for my degree, I was working part time as a bouncer or door supervisor or security, whatever you might call them, wherever you are, um, Fridays and Saturdays or Thursdays and Fridays. And in those three and a half years, whilst I didn't particularly enjoy the job, it was quite interesting in some ways. And in, in all that time, I never had a physical altercation. I was good at talking people down. I was able to defuse situations. And also perhaps perhaps because I was and still am female, male um, antagonists might not have felt so antagonized or confronted by me. Because they're not seeing me as an equal rival. They're seeing me as a separate category. You know, it's not another man coming in and sort of banging their chest that they have to then dominate. It's it's a woman. It's a woman that's dealing with them, not in, in a in not in a in a way that is sort of not conveying authority. Of course, I had authority in that situation. I could have could have kicked them out, I could refuse entry, all of that. But I think there's something about um meeting a man who's in a confrontational state of mind, being met by another man who maybe wants to impose some authority. And perhaps women have a different effect on that, you know, the sort of thing, more able to say that, look, you know, let's, let's, let's deal with this a different way. And um, so that's just, you know, my thing that I can add to there. And the third snippet for this week is about mentoring following prison release. So this is talking about volunteer mentors of, you know, we need far more of them, actually. Being allocated a volunteer mentor following release who provides companionship, emotional, informational, and instrumental support is perceived as very helpful to those leaving incarceration. I think it's great when you come out that um, you're able to be paired up with someone who's able to talk you through and help you with situations. And they were also talking in this article about offering encouragement. So if, you, if you're released from prison and you're completely on your own, you might not have strong family ties, you might not have strong ties with the community, you might not have a job, nothing like that. Obviously, it's going to be much harder for you to try and rebuild your life and reintegrate back into society. If, you go, if you've got someone who's specifically paired up with you to try and support you in that process, you know, not just in a probation kind of way, you know, sort of what have you been up to? Have you looked for a job? Have you, have you been in any trouble? But actually emotional support, companionship, maybe helping you go to these appointments that, that you need to go to, maybe helping you fill out forms, and you're just offering advice and offering a different perspective, that can be really, really helpful. Now, I don't think this article actually cited you know, what the effect on recidivism was, for example, or successful re-entry into the workforce, but it was, um, it was talking about how prisoners actually, or ex-prisoners perceived it. And I think volunteer mentors are very, mentors, are, and I don't think they necessarily need to be volunteers. I think actually it's a very worthwhile profession and i think we should have mentors especially male mentors especially of um who who that um, youth can identify with who perhaps don't have a, a positive role model a positive male role model um to look up to so these were the snippets for this week um i hope that you found them interesting again if you want to join the police science doctor email list please do that to do so because you will get um, them emailed to you every Tuesday, along with the links to the original research. And then you also get access to the back catalogue of all the other 
um, police science snippets I've done before, of which there are now obviously 52. And you can also download transcripts of all the learning and interview videos that are published on the website. Okay. So um, I hope to welcome you to that community soon and um, I'll bid you adieu. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps, and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address, and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.